Welcome to The Event Brew, where event professionals from different backgrounds talk about the latest, most controversial, and interesting topics dominating the minds of the industry right now. This is a candid conversation, the likes of which can only otherwise be found late at night in host hotel lobby bars during industry conferences. So relax and drop in on what event pros really say when no one else is around. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event management company that tells you how it really is. Now, let's brew something up. And we're on air. You're back to listen to Event Brew Podcast. Thank you for joining. I'm here with two of many of our brew crew members. We have Will Curran with Endless Events. Whoop, 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 whoop. And we have my my future significant other, Dustin Wessling, <laughs> based out in Canada, One West Events. Howdy, y'all. And before we dive into Alphabet Soup Talk, I got to ask, Will, <laughs> Dustin. Wait, wait, before we get to there, who are you? Oh, I, oh, I didn't. <laughs> Thanks for asking. She, she goes without an introduction. <laughs> Make sure you use your full title, too, by the way. <laughs> I'm 2 Deep, CGSP, DMCP, CSCP, and I am. ABC, EFD. B- Banff, just <laughs> encompassing. B-I-T-C-H. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm with CWT meetings and events. Now you can, whatever you're going to go from there. I just thought it was a very relevant Uh, introduction to this episode. I I appreciate that. This is a mess already. Oh, it's great. This is going to be, this is where I get my my ab workout in. So (laughs) what are you, what are you, what are you gentlemen drinking? Uh, Mine's very interesting. I'm drinking, uh, I had a lunch meeting with a lovely college student from my, uh, from a class I was speaking into, giving him advice and helping the younger generation. That's what... Dustin and I were talking Good about job. before we got on. And uh, anyways, I went to a, a burger and shake place, so I'm having a Butterfinger milkshake. Is that Very a delicious. styrofoam cup? Yeah, and a styrofoam yep. cup. That's how you know it's legit. That, yeah. You know. We have a great they... sustainability episode <laughs> that you can refer back to, Will. <laughs> I just feel like there's so many other products they could have gone after before they got, went after our straws. You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> like styrofoam like styrofoam like could we not have done that first instead of like anyways <clears throat> let's not get into the uh, the paper straw conversation get all heated <laughs> up um Tui, i'm drinking a diet pepsi today I'm, it's not very oh. exciting i've started recording in my office again i don't know if you've noticed but i'm not home so cracking a beer in the middle of my half renovated office at three in the afternoon um not not a, not a great plan so diet so, pepsi uh, it is Little did Alcoholics Anonymous go is just, hey, just join a podcast and record in the middle of the day. It will force you not to drink. There you go. <laughs> I miss your dog barking, though. He's here. Oh, okay. he is here. Yeah. Give it Good. some time. Mm-hmm. He might bark. Protect. Tui, what are you drinking? So I was going to open this up for Nick. In honor of Nick, it's a ginger lime poppy gut healthy, like, LA kind of drink. It's a healthy drink, I think. There's only 20 calories in it. Pre- and you're gonna open that for Nick? I'm no, because I'm actually I'm kind of scared because I don't know. I don't think I'll like it. It's kind. I feel like it's kind of like a kombucha, but the company is called Poppy with an I. So what I'm gonna drink instead is my leftover yerba mate. It's organic from yesterday morning because I've just been working nonstop. 
So this gives me the the what is it caffeine that I need without mm. coffee and tea. Great. What's the brand at Urban Mate? What's this called? Oh, I can't pronounce it. G. It's backwards for you guys. Guayake. Guayake. I honestly didn't know that until this moment. I just thought it was called Organic Yerba Mate. <laughs> just like I didn't need an intro, this doesn't need an intro. But it's orange. It's it's an orange flavored. Tastes like a throwback Sunny D. So I'm enjoying it. You just buy it because the brand looks healthy. You know what? Yes. I'm big on... I, I'm a sucker for advertisement. <laughs> You are still in the core demographic. <laughs> a few more years to go. That's how you can tell you're American. You want to do healthy, but you still like just fall by to advertisements. Get in there. So I'm going to turn it over to Will so I can take a bite of my my food. What are we talking about today? <laughs> Dang, bringing the intro over to me. Um, so yeah, this one's been on our list actually for a while. And I think we talked about it a few episodes ago. And we're like, yup, let me put that on the ideas list. Uh, first go to it but uh designations right we we joked with with uh Tui at the beginning about all the alphabet soup at the end of her name but cmps cseps uh des since i have one of those like do these things even matter and we're not talking about like which one we're gonna stop you real quick if you're looking for an episode where we say hey here's the best certification to have and this is the one you absolutely need this is not gonna be that episode we're talking about like mm-hmm. whether it's needed at all or mm-hmm. not basically yeah and i think and i think you'll find by the end of this that they all they all can accomplish a very similar goal so um so as you're think as you're thinking about you know yourself in this like remember that the goal is pretty much the same in in all of these so i'm curious to know um tui's gonna take forever to say hers but will what's your designation i have the des which is the digital event strategist which is provided by uh, pcma as uh and it's a bi- big pandemic program to mm-hmm. educate people on how to do digital events yeah, I think that's probably the most common one that I've seen lately. Or mm-hmm. I think it's the one that is that has hit people's email signatures more so because mm-hmm. of the times that we're in. And um, I think like what interesting timing to allow event professionals to stand out in a market that was all digital way mm. back when. <clears throat> yeah, the thing yeah, that yeah. we won't say. Um, <laughs> great. She who will it will not be named now. Shall, shall no longer be named. <laughs> or, or. We're not uh, on the acceptance uh, port portion of grief yet. We're still in the denial. <laughs> oh, I'm heavy in denial still. Um, Tui, what are the what are the ones you have? All right, so I have my certified guest service professional CGSP. Oh, wow. I have my DMCP designated. Oh gosh, destination management company professional, and I have my C. <laughs> SEP, which you have too, Dustin. Right? I do, yeah. Um, yeah. Certified, certified special. special event professional, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, and I'm actually currently studying for my CMP. Certified, certified meeting. meeting professional. Yes. Wow. Why all the why all the designations, too? Why you got so many? Why are you so ambitious? Where do you find the time? Wait, before we do all that, those. Dustin, you have any? Yeah, CSEP is the only CSEP. one. CSEP. Cool. Yeah. Well, thank you for asking. I didn't know this was going to be a therapy session where I break down my traumas, but (laughs) starts off with me being a refugee and feeling like I needed to go above and beyond at all times. (laughs) No, um, honestly, what I tell people now is it's at this point entertaining. I really enjoy (laughs) people having to professionally announce me when I'm speaking or anything of that sort. But um, 
To tell you the truth. So, so you make them say your designation when you go they, on they normally do. the podcast? They wow. normally it's do. It's wild. I tell them not to. Like, all actually, make oh, sure yeah. that's the one. Why? You, just you, the one that applies. You study for it all, and you get them. And No, I say yeah. say it all. Right? I'm a meeting planner now. I don't really need my DMCP, but it's still in there just so. Does that study? Or did I actually study? I don't know. I'll tell you guys that <laughs> off there. But um, I studied very hard for all of them. But for me, it's... It's something like when it's on an email signature and I see that someone else is a CSEP, there's just an instant bond there. I know that. And it doesn't even have to be something that mm. I have in common. But for me, when I see different destinations on the, on your email signature, it makes me feel like one, you're you know, a certified Dedicated. professional, you, you're engaged in our community and it, especially if you're a CMP and when I see that as a supplier partner that's big that means you know more you decided to go above and beyond outside of your expertise in that in one area whether that's entertainment florals whatever the case may be and so for for me that's that's why i i have it it's i'm a part of many communities there mm -hmm. I never thought about like the idea that like yeah bonding with someone who has gone through it with you as well mm -hmm. um i definitely agree that there's it, there's something definitely if you have a cmp or any designation and it's outside what you did like i imagine like an av professional had the dmcp i think that's what you call it mm -hmm. um i imagine that being like very, very impressive it's to impressive. be like yeah you yeah. actually at you least know, know knowledge about yeah. how to book a hotel and how that process looks like on yeah. there too yeah, it is. It's always very impressive when you find unlikely partners who have a designation, especially one that you have. Because, you know, if I meet a photographer that has their CACP, I go, you've really been paying attention. Like mm -hmm. you, you're doing more than just coming in and shooting your shit and leaving. Like you're really paying attention because the CACP really is an experience based designation where there's no book. There's no, yes. <clears throat> you know, there's there, there's an outline, but there you don't you don't read a book and pass. You pass because mm -hmm. you have been an active professional. You've been working, you've been paying a paying attention to different aspects of the industry so if if i see someone that is a bit non-traditional so not a direct meeting planner or manager that has any designation i think good lord like you like that's tough that that's that's really tough and it, it is it is very impressive and i i do agree with tui that that there is a sort of unspoken community amongst those that have designations where probably because we've been through the process and we have passed. So we understand that it's, you know, in order to be there in any of the designations that we've talked about, that there is a, there's a certain amount of commitment there. I mm -hmm. can't say that we all know the same things and that we're all talking the same language. And anyone that says that that's, that's what ends up happening is that's not true. Like that's but we not, know where a podium is. That's not the goal, <clears throat> but we do know the difference. Between it's a and stage and that you stand on. That's it. That's it. <laughs> all right. We gave you one of the answers for your CSTV. <laughs> <laughs> Should we just, do this episode and leak out all the answers over 10 episodes well i'll actually I'll be vulnerable anytime people ask well like CSEP, for example i actually failed it my first time and i was the last one to to take the the older version now there's a new one but um sharing just the journey through that i know it can be like nerve-wracking we're all type a we want we want 100 percent but you know, just keep going at it. If that's something that you mm -hmm. really you want to achieve, there's support group chats with it. There's, you know, just other reach out your, to your fellow XYZ members that already acquired it. There 
everyone that I've spoken to has been willing to just help. Mm-hmm. I, I'm definitely like if I if I talk so like I think I'm probably going to be in the camp of less leaning towards liking designations. Um, and I've had like throughout my career, it's it's comes in waves as far as what I think about it. But one thing I really love about certifications is it moves us closer to the goal of like uncommoditizing what we do and adding legitimacy to an industry that anyone can go into. And um, yeah. I know that Dustin and I, we did the the global event form, what was that, five, six years ago now? And mm-hmm. like that was the first time that I remember having that conversation. We were ideating and doing the unconference to decide, like, what are we going to do to make it so the industry is not commoditized? And it was like, certification was like, seemed like such a good solution because it's like, hey, like, look at doctors, look at lawyers. They have designations and certifications as far mm-hmm. as what they do to create a barrier of entry to make it harder for someone just to start up one day and start doing this. And therefore, if you think about it too, doctors and lawyers are some of the most, and I take this as you will, <laughs> service value, but very well respected. Yeah, and also that, yeah. you know, if you get, if you're going to a doctor, they're a doctor. Yeah. They're not like gonna like make a stage collapse on you, you know? Yeah. yeah. No, I totally, I totally agree. And think, you know, <clears throat> whether they're respected professions or not, there definitely <laughs> is, you know, there's, there's entire industries where there is a level of understanding and a level of respect for the education and the commitment that went into doing what they do. Mm-hmm. And you also look at those people and you say, I can't do what you do because I didn't do all of these things. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, we have an industry where it's very easy for somebody to say, what you do looks like fun. I want to go do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's where designa- designations have an opportunity to continue to put a barrier there to say, everyone's welcome to come and play, but there's a certain level of standard that must be. Um, that must be met and a level of education and because we don't you know we still I still think we struggle a little bit on like event specific education in post-secondary kind of across the entire industry I think this is a good stopgap for us to say you know when you're hiring you should be looking for these designations when corporations are looking to um, bring onto their team they should be looking for these designations and it's not you know, you can never compare it to a doctorate. You can never compare it to, to other things because it's actually serving different purposes. And it's more about um, establishing establishing you as a um, uh, a professional that is that is is focused and continuing to advance their career. And uh, and yeah, I think you know, <clears throat> oftentimes. So I'm, as you all know, I'm the international president of ILEA. Three more, three more months to go, and one of the one of the programs that that we oversee is the CSDP program, and and we have a lot of conversations and a lot of of misunderstandings about what you do with your with your designation, and so often people get into a designation and they are waiting for that designation to serve them. So it's mm-hmm. like, you know, will I get more business if I get a designation? And the answer is simple. It's like maybe. What do you? What are you going to do with this designation? How are you going to use it to elevate what you're selling, how you're pitching, what jobs you're looking for? It's not the role of the organization to teach the world what CSCP is. It's actually up to you to teach whoever's buying from you, whoever you're selling to from or selling to or whoever you're doing business with to show them what it is to have that designation and what you know because of it. And once we start to reframe that idea of designations, people become a lot more open to it and they say, hey, this really is a sales tool more than anything else. It's, mm. it's an incredible sales tool. And if you really use it to your advantage, I mean, I've met people that are like, I put 
my I put CCP on every one of my proposals and I don't just put it on there. I break it down and say, this is what this program is about and this is how I achieved it. I achieved it through experience. I achieved it through the core knowledge of this, this, and this. And people are really impressed by it. If you just use, if you just have it so that you can have it at the end of your name, like that's, that's too passive. That's not, that's not the way this works. So, you know, I don't think that the, the letters matter as much as, you know, link up with the community that I think resonates best with you. And if that's CMP, CACP, DES, whatever, whatever it is, whatever community resonates best to you, but, but get it and figure out how do you really, really exploit it for all it's worth? Because it can be an incredibly valuable tool. Yeah. Generate that ROI for sure. Mm-hmm. I'm actually glad you brought up salary because I have definitely utilized all my alphabet soups. To I have a negotiate. feeling you are a tough negotiator. I don't know that I would want to negotiate salary with you. <clears throat> I have a feeling you are a, I don't know if this term is still allowed, but I have a feeling you're a ball buster when it comes to that Ooh, stuff. Ooh, I like mm-hmm. that. I like that. Well, <laughs> I'm not going to disclose anything on air, but if you want to negotiate with me, <laughs> send me no, email. I don't. That's the send point. Me an email. <laughs> so I got a question for you guys then to like start the devil's advocate side of this conversation is like, do you guys think that in a world where information is so readily accessible at our fingertips, right? And like, it seems to be that we're getting to a point where it's getting even more available at our fingertips with AI tools and things like that, you know, is having locked down information in a knowledge difference between people really going to matter in let's say 20 years i guess it depends on which you know it depends on which program you're looking at so if you're looking at a program where your your recertification is based on getting points so you have to go out and and get go to certain conferences you get five points for every hour i think that that is going to have to shift over time because I think that that that's the part of it that's not sustainable. If it's mm-hmm. about um, qualifying that you are actively working and that you're continuing to advance, like I think that that so makes experience more sense. versus education. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Okay, with that. Yeah, I'm doing my CMP right now, and I haven't even officially applied because I'm tracking all of my credits, all the webinars I attend, all the conferences, those kind of things, and they just to qualify officially on top of my experiences in the in the industry um, I will say though with especially with all the the letters after my name I feel like talking about like Gen Z and cringe this could be also a a it's not really needed but it obviously enhances our professionalism in our industry but I think about some of the industry legends that I look up to and I don't think they have letters after their name too. So just because you don't have letters after your name doesn't mean that you're not an expert. It definitely helps get it out there easier, but I don't know. I feel like I, it all depends on what you do, where you are, if you can even financially support get, you know, in in having the time for all of that. So Mm. I'm also okay. I'm not going to, I might look at you a little differently if you're you don't got letters, but I'm still gonna respect you, you know. So I have a se- second question too, related that you kind of bring up this idea that there's so many people that don't have certifications, right, or designations, and so many people that we respect that have them. 
this is probably a maybe a controversial question. Do we feel like the people who are really, really well respected, who are really good at their jobs, them not having designations is what's keeping everybody from having designations? No. And it's like almost like, you know, what I mean, like like the thing about lawyers and doctors, is everybody has it. So therefore, it's like a bit that true barrier to entry. But the problem is, like, it's only a barrier to entry unless everyone has to do it. Otherwise, it's more like, a, hey, this is just a like a. <laughs> I'm not describing mm-hmm. like a hopscotch over to the entry. Yeah, I think I think it depends. I mean, if you're if your goal in this industry is to get through this and be well known and respected, that's very different than somebody who has the goal that they want to um, attract new clients, that they want to raise, you know, rise to the top of the organization that they're working for. Like those are two very different things. So I don't know that your your you know direct boss or your HR manager gives a shit about the other person that you respect so well, because they probably don't even know they exist. So I think where we're practically using these designations is very different than the world that we live in, where we, we know these, these bigger names in our industry. And then I also say that those, those people that are really well respected in this industry are probably out of the age gap where designations became quite popular. So chances are pretty good that if we start, if we start to pull it apart, they probably weren't you know, a 20 a, a something year old, you know, go getter that's getting designations because they want to use it as a tool for them. Like that probably didn't exist in their time, not to put ages on anybody. But I do mm-hmm. think that designations in the event industry, and I don't have the facts and figures, so don't check my receipts. I'm going to say it's probably fairly a young thing. Like it's probably, mm-hmm. you know, has only happened to uh-huh. us in the last 20 years. Um, so that that factors in too. So if you take those same professionals that we're talking about and you put them back in their you know, late 20s when they were starting out with all these opportunities to get these designations, would they get it? Probably. That's mm. actually a really good point. And another thing that I think about is award submissions. There's people that have thrown, you know, planned, executed incredible events, uh, but they don't submit for awards. And so mm-hmm. you can be an award-winning mm-hmm. company because you submitted and you won or you were nominated. Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole nother. Oh, yeah. That's bullsh- a whole nother. That's but a whole is, nother isn't it not within the same thing? Like you could be knowledgeable, but to actually say, here's proof. Yeah. Here's, you know, I passed. Then. Yeah. And you're right, right? You don't need awards and you don't need a designation to be amazing at what you do to attract great clients or great employers. Like it's not, it's not necessary. Um to accomplish that and it's you know everyone is going to have a different experience and everyone is going to um, find a different road through this I personally I didn't go to school for this like I barely made it out of high school so for me getting my designation was the first opportunity that I could say it was a proof point to me to be like hey I'm actually good at this um, because there's nothing else there's nothing else to show it's a very it's a very sad resume in the education department so for me it was important to get it because I don't have a BCom. I don't have I got I got nothing nothing but charm and my CACP. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I see you thinking, so go go for it. I was going to say, I think the one thing that I potentially have, like, I didn't really think about this in this way before, but like, you know, like I have my DES, but that's mainly, I think, because my involvement that PCMA during the pandemic was like, hey, we, we need help educating people on the right way to do digital events. And I was like, I want to, I'm all about education, right? So, but when, before that point, I was probably more in the firm camp of, 
no, don't waste your time. You know, like um, I've seen that for some people, the DES program has been like extremely helpful. Like mm -hmm. it has blown people's minds. But then for some people, yeah. they say here and they like run circles around the professors that they're in there. So I think that's one way to uh, thing to kind of keep in mind when it comes to it is that it also I think it value the value level de depends by person by person. But yeah. one thing I never thought about before this point was that so I started endless. Uh, the the way endless, it wasn't called endless back then, but I started when I was in high school, and then I came to college and I got a degree in business, and then eventually found the interdisciplinary studies major, which allows you to combine two minors together to make one major, and basically the interactions of them both. Um, and I chose the minor of special events management and business. So in theory, like I probably have like one of the most intense versions of a certification because like mm -hmm. I got a minor in it, which was like half my degree. Yeah. And I will say that, you know, like while I was already practicing and knew a lot about events as I was doing it, I still learned. And I think the networking aspect of that class actually was helping propel me in so many different ways towards a successful company. Mm -hmm. um, I talk about this a lot, like when I started my company, but like there was occasions where we like toured like the biggest arena concert venue in the, in the city uh, where the Phoenix Suns play. And I literally got the general manager's business card, took him to lunch and then got the Phoenix Suns contract because of that, wow. you know, like that. And I always tell people, I'm like, Hey, like utilize the guest speakers that are in these classes when I go back and teach them because mm -hmm. I know like they can help a ton. But I'm thinking like, man, like if I saw so much value in doing that the same way and yeah, like Dustin, you said you never had access to getting a degree in mm -hmm. special events no, management. Like, no access, no desire, no, no yeah. attention span, yeah, <laughs> no, like no nothing. It, it's the, it, the programs do exist. It wasn't about, it wasn't about, I didn't have access. It's that wasn't my path, right? I started my mm -hmm. business when I was 25. I worked in hospitality. Like I, I accidentally fell into this industry, which is why the barrier of entry is not always the low barrier of entry is not always a bad thing. Like it yeah. allows creatives to skip a few steps to get, to get in without um, having a lot of blockades. But, but yes, to your point, it's, yeah. It, you know, that brings up another thought that I just randomly had too, is like, what if it was better that these designations don't necessarily keep you from coming in the industry as a whole, but really start to create a barrier to entry towards growth, mm -hmm. management level, director level, mm -hmm. uh, I wouldn't say owner because then entrepreneurs do whatever the hell they want to do. But yeah. like, you know, like almost like if we could use this as a, hey, you can, everyone's welcome in our industry. Yeah. We it's want the greatest, creatives to come in. It's our but, greatest asset. Our low barrier of entry is actually our greatest asset to bringing in a, a very unique set of talent and I think that that if it was more difficult and as we get as we all get older as professionals we get caught up in these conversations where we're like we're the grumpy old man telling kids to get off our lawn get off our and it's lawn. like because we forget right we forget that that you know this low barrier of entry is what allowed so many of us to start and feel our way through this industry and figure out that this is our passion and had we not had that opportunity we may not be here we would probably be in an ad agency or or wherever so mm -hmm. i think there's a way for our industry to lean into that low barrier of entry but you're right well it needs to be you know you're you're welcome to come and play with us but at some point you have to level up at some point you have to you know you have to take part in these designations these these sort of step up programs because that that ultimately is where we all get to um, start to assert ourselves as professionals and that's where we get to start to demand more money higher fees better pay i like that and i like that perspective that's a great perspective on how looking at entry 
level there. Now I have a question for you two. As owners of companies, I get incentivized by continuing education. If you have teammates that are wanting to not even go to conferences, but if they are of interest, take an interest in getting any certifications, is it company paid? Are they on their own? Do you provide resources? This won't surprise anybody, but yes, my company pays for <laughs> my Yay. company pays for whatever whatever designation you want. Um, we it's not a full free for all, so we pay for um, we will fully pay for their designation if they fail it. Their their retesting fees are on their own, um, but yes, we pay for it, and we don't have a lot of restrictions. If you have an interest in getting in getting in there and getting it, then um, then yeah, and a, and a few of my people have actually gotten um, a couple designations over. The word we won't mention while we were all sitting a little bit idle. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's an important, it's a, it's an important part of. I don't look at it as a business benefit. I look at it as such a great opportunity for my team to continue to level up, and it's more of a. I want them to feel really personally included in this industry. And as a business owner, and I think Will can attest to this if I ever let him talk, is that, <laughs> is that you know, you know. As, a, as the business owner and as the front man, you often are the one that is, you know, advocating for the industry. You're often the one that is front and center. And I want to make sure that, you know, my team, you know, feels that they have a place in this too. And it's not, they're not just here to, to stand behind me. Well, that was holy shit. So well spoken, Dustin, that like, I don't really have much to add other than saying that I, like, I agree. Uh, we have a core value of learn and grow. And like, so this is a huge part of learning and growing, but like, I've never been able to quantifiably say the idea that you just said, which is like, yeah, a lot of times I'm the guy at front and center. I'm the face of the Mm -hmm. company, but I don't always want to be, I want Mm -hmm. everyone to be a part of this and be the face of the company in a lot of ways. Um, And I love your point of like, there's, it's not necessarily like a business value. There's not like, oh, I'm ROI. I'm Mm going to get like five more clients because of this. It's like, it's a sense that like they feel deeper involved and they feel like they're improving upon themselves and they feel almost in a similar way. Like that you're rewarding the energy that I think we naturally feel, which is like we had to naturally learn and figure this out on our own. So we Mm -hmm. naturally, I think, aspire to just level up constantly on our own yeah uh, so i think that's a and, and creating awesome. creating that desire to level up within your own team is important too so it's not just about you know how how are we seen outside of this office it's also within this office too where it creates it creates a desire for everybody to level up to whoever is a- achieving whatever so somebody on my team gets their ccp all of a sudden everybody is now interested mm-hmm. in talking about like how do i become mm-hmm. a part of this so mm-hmm. when when organizations humble brag when organizations like mine invest in those sorts of programs it's you know it means that there's 10 more certified whatever out there in the world and if if we can keep doing that at that level that's how we're going to start to multiply these numbers it's not you know these these certifications can be really expensive and they're you know some of them they're just not they're not reasonable for an individual to take and pay for and this is where companies need to step up and not just say that they care about the community but actually invest in it through investing in their people i hear your dog hi um he's there i'm, I'm glad that you say that and if you're listening to this podcast this episode right now and you're considering it I, and especially if you are 
a part of a company that really fosters that, take it. Because even if you're not with that company anymore, if you're not a lifetimer, you get to keep that with you as you continue to grow in your career. I haven't had to pay for any of my certifications and I've gotten it in different phases of my of my career. And so, and I've utilized that everywhere I have gone. And so definitely utilize that. And if you're a business owner and you're doing exactly what I think some people are doing and maybe what I would have done in the early days and been like, I don't want to pay for all these certifications for people to just leave. Just get that out of your head. It's not 1995 anymore. Like this is this is the way we invest in talent now. And it's, you know, and at the end of the day, this is not a we're not sending somebody to go get a four year degree. This is not a hundred thousand dollar investment or whatever crazy school is in America. But like. Like get that out of your head and stop stop penny pinching professional development and don't worry about how long they stay. That's not like we got we got to get out from underneath that. And I find that is often a barrier when it comes to professional development is there's all these strings attached to it. And as we talk about you know younger generations, which we're not going to get into on this. It's like those strings piss people off. And yep. let's 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 cut them loose and let's just say that that as a business, as a as a community supporter, investing in these types of things are great for our industry. If they stay with you four months after or forty years after, it doesn't it shouldn't matter anymore. There's a there's an old saying that we used to talk about in EO all the time. They say, like, well what happens if you invest all this money into an employee and they, they decide to leave? And the, the response is, Well, what happens if you don't and they stay? Mm-hmm. Totally. Yeah, couldn't agree with you I, more. I love that. That's that's great. I didn't have another question prepped, but I like that. <laughs> I'm laughing over here, and because I wanted. But I'm cu- I'm curious. Well, like, are you feeling are you feeling a little better about designations than when we started? Yeah, you you, you oh. helped flip them. I think in a lot of ways. I think like um, you know the points you made about like the fact that like I'm now I'm reflecting on my personal experience from college. Um, thinking about it in a lot of ways, like also that point you said, like this isn't a four year degree. This is like $400 people sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Like I think it, it, it thinks a lot. I think a lot about the ways. I think you also really, I mean, the most impactful flip for me, I think was that your point that like, the lack of barrier entry is one of our biggest assets. Mm-hmm. Like I never thought about it that way after yeah. <laughs> arguing, thinking about it for so long and thinking, oh no, like not having it is one of our greatest weaknesses. Mm-hmm. It actually is probably one of our greatest strengths mm-hmm. um, on there too. So, um, you know, thinking about how then, yeah, how can people level up? It sounds like a good hybrid might be the right solution. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and there's a great opportunity for designations to, to help create that track where it's like you know especially experience-based ones which is ccp which is what i'm promoting today they're not a sponsor of the show but willing to if we sell 30 certifications after the show um (laughs) is that is that i i love that it's experience-based it's like challenging the bar like there's no there's no cheating your way around it either you know these questions or you don't and it's intimidating and it definitely is the smaller of them but i will tell you this if i see somebody that has one of the other designations what i know is you still have a knack for school you know how to study you know how to get through the content i see somebody that has their cacp and i instantly am like holy shit like you have been paying attention you have absolutely been paying attention because there's no there's no other way to pass than based on experience and and that that for me is more important because you know when we when we talk about how are we going to you know what is the value of certifications when everything you need is at your fingertips through through chats and bots and ai and all the rest of it it's like that is the thing that they can't take away is being able mm-hmm. to prove your experience and mm-hmm. and i think that that 
experience-based programs like CACP will become more valuable in the future when there's no study guide. There's no, like, there's nobody to walk you through it. You, you sit down, you prove your talent, you prove your experience and, and that's how you get through. I love that. I will say also, cause I was in my interview phases in the beginning of the year, I saw a lot of certifications XYZ preferred. So like CM, mm-hmm. CMP for meeting planners, I I saw so 80%, I would say, of um, yeah, job description. Of edu- and education, right? Yes. It's like, yeah. Which is, which is amazing. Like mm-hmm. that, that is incredible. It's incredible to see it there. And yeah, as long as we don't get too like, you know, we, we can't get too carried away with it. Like our entry level positions can't have that sort of criteria on it because that starts 10 to years of experience for coordinated yeah. position yeah. <laughs> with yeah. a $20,000 salary. And nobody should be rushing to designation, right? If you're in school for events, like you go, you get your experience and then you move into designation. Like it shouldn't be, you know, if you're 21 and passing the CMP, it's like, well, that's great. You know how to study, but that's not overly helpful. I need you to put five years of experience under your belt. And then those two things combined, I find to be very impressive. You just unlocked a memory in my brain. So I did this in high school, which now relates to my career. Freshman year, I went into my counselor and I said, you know, some classes needed prerequisites in order to get to others. I said, here's my schedule for the next four years. And I did that with actually all my destinations too. When I started out as, I think at this point let's see, admin assistant, I was probably a sales coordinator. And I said, let me look at CPCE, CSEP, CMP. Those were the three that I was focused on. I said, what do I need? I went through all the requirements. This one needs five years. This one needs three. These need credits. And I mapped it out so that five years from that moment, I started studying for and and Mm -hmm. getting ready for it. So take Good a look you. at that Jeez. i know I, i'm just oh. i'm so weirdo <clears throat> that is a bit weird good for you <laughs> it's very impressive too you always impress me oh i appreciate at least that. at least one of you is <laughs> well <laughs> well it's like oh oh, oh. oh. are we what time is it do we, i think you should take us so home fast. i think you should take us home Oh, okay, me. All right, I'm yeah. taking I'm taking you all home with me. We're heading to West Hollywood. We're going to Boys Town. Um, yeah. I don't have enough. It's, it's ending. It's ending as badly as it started, guys. I hope I hope there was something in the middle that everybody enjoyed. Aww. For sure. Well, if you have any questions, of course, reach out to us. We are at hashtag eventbrew eventbrew at helloendless.com. Yes after three years of doing this um and and just engage with us we would love to know your feedback what what questions should we ask for for our audience i would i'd love to know what designations are out there and like Mm. you know there's there's i learn of new ones all the time so yeah when you see when you hear this drop in the comments what designations you have and obviously if you have any questions about the designations we have all three of us are always very happy to talk about how we can advance and and move things forward so reach out to any one of us and we'd be happy to set you up with our opinions unfiltered on where we think you you might fit in 
Yeah. Or call call Will at <laughs> Yeah. Will, what would you do if I just dropped your, your phone number? Eight person? six seven five three oh nine. <laughs> he, he would edit he would edit it out. It's his podcast, remember? Oh, you're right, you're right. Well just <laughs> hit us hit, hit us up on the side and we'll give you Will Curran's number. Guaranteed. <laughs> there you go. I've written it on a lot of bathroom walls, so it's not hard to find. <laughs> That makes so much sense. The kind of text messages I've been getting recently. No, that's for me. <laughs> you are. Oh gosh. No. All right. Well, thank you again, Dustin. Will no suit for you, Nick, and all our other newer brew crew members. And we'll see you next time on Event Brew. Woo! Great job. Bye, everybody. Thanks again for listening to Event Brew. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head over to eventbrew.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. Ask a follow-up question or tell us what topics you want to hear covered. See you next time on Event Brew.